Hi, this is John Stein, Executive Director of the Open Voice Network, and welcome to the Future of Voice podcast. We have the pleasure today of speaking with Freddie Feldman of Walters Kluwer, and this is the first of several conversations we're going to have with Freddie. Freddie is the Director of Voice and Conversational Interfaces at Walters Kluwer out of Chicago. Um, He's a voice and technology innovator, um, a tremendous speaker at industry events, industry ambassador, an industry senior advisor for the Open Voice Network. Uh, Freddie, welcome. Delighted to have you, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. You have a remarkable background. Um, Just give us kind of the Freddie origin story, but there's computers, there's vocal performance, there's voice development, there's all kinds of things. Tell us about Freddie and tell us how you got from, you know, maybe Northwestern University to where you are today. Sure. So we'll we'll go with the voice interface track of, <laughs> okay. of my career first, and then we can touch on some of the others the other stuff. But I, um, you know, I was in high school. I was I was you know in choirs. I was singing. Um, I was in all state choir in New York and doing that kind of stuff. And I had been programming since I was a little kid. My dad taught me how to program uh, on a TRS eighty Model One. We had a robot arm in our house. My father worked for Merck. Uh, oh, fantastic! Back in the seventies and eighties. So I was into both music and engineering, and I looked at programs that only had these double degree programs where I could do both because I kind of couldn't pick. And so I went to Northwestern University out here in Evanston, Illinois, and I majored in uh, computer engineering and vocal performance. Uh, It was a five-year double degree program, so I have two bachelors. And after school, or actually, sorry, in the middle of uh, the program, I... I had a lot of programming jobs throughout uh, high school and, and uh, college, and one of them was for a startup in Chicago at the time. This is about 1994, 95, called Patient Results Network, and that was really my first foray into anything with a voice interface, really. And it was Patient Results Network was an IVR system that doctors' offices could use. They would hand you a business card when you get your test. You, you, you take a blood test or something like that. You get this card. It gives you a, an 800 number to call and a PIN. And you call in, you put in the PIN, and it gives you your patient, you know, your test results. And it was like eye-opening. It was really cool because it really allowed patients to take charge of, of their own care and, and get their results. We didn't have the internet back then. We didn't have my chart and things like that, right? And you can get the results for your, your tests and not have to bog down, you know, feel like you're bothering people in the office and keep calling, right? One of the interesting lessons I learned there, and I wrote a blog article about it about a year ago, about why we don't give negative uh, positives on uh, test results on, on a disconnected interface like that, where you can't ask questions. You never tell a patient, yes, you have HIV. Yes, you have you know, hepatitis C, something like that. And, and that was like the first time I really had thought about how we talk to patients. And so I went from Patients Results Network, graduated college, did some music stuff we'll talk about. And then <laughs> I was a project manager at a company called Organic, um, which was a pretty big uh, internet professional services firm in the dot-com days in 2000, 2001. And I was on uh, an R&D team there that we were working on developing with uh, on the TellMe platform a way of transforming web pages so that they could work with in voice interfaces. And so it was a little bit like responsive design, where if it detected that you're on a voice browser on TellMe's platform, that it would convert the HTML to voice XML 
pretty well. I mean, it was we were working on it. It was early, and that you could interface and, and interact with a web page using your voice uh, over the phone. Then moved on a few years later. I worked for a company called uh, If By Phone, which then became Dialogue Tech, which is now part of Invoca. I was the third employee at If By Phone, and I was helping build our IVR platform that. My voice is actually still on. So like I was the voice actor on a lot of the prompts. It's still the voicemail, I think, prompts for the you've reached so and so, that kind of thing. You know, press one to leave a message and that sort of sort of thing. And I even vo- recorded the voice of a pinball machine, a casino pinball machine that a colleague was building at the time. And so that was that was a pretty cool experience too. So I've done a bit of the voice acting along the way. Then after If by Fun, I was there for about five years and Moved to, I was on the a team at Olympus, uh, part of Imagery Medical, which is owned by Olympus, building a surgical voice recorder, voice recorder, surgical, building, <laughs> I'm sorry, building surgical video capture system. We would do video and image captures of surgical procedures with Olympus scopes and things like that. And I worked on some projects, uh, voice enabling those, uh, the voice recorder, as well as doing note capture for the surgeons uh, in the room. And then went on, I worked with Prefix Health, doing some voice interface design for them. They enable patient uh, applications for uh, Medicare and Medicaid coverage. And we were doing some voice enablement there uh, on the patient side and also the client side. And then came here to Emmy, uh, which is part of Walter's Kluwer Health. And uh, Emmy is the patient engagement arm of Walters Kluwer Health. You know, Walters Kluwer Health, you know, one of the, the the companies within it is something called UpToDate. UpToDate is used as a platform that's used by like every physician in the United States um, and in like 130 countries or something insane like that. And it, it's, um, it's almost like Wikipedia for doctors, but it's, you know, expert written. So this is not just anybody can contribute. This is the most up-to-date clinical, you know, uh, information. And that is how Walters Kluwer talks with with providers, but how Walters Kluwer talks with patients is through Emmy. And so Emmy is our our office here in Chicago. Really deals with uh, initially Emmy was focused on patient education, multimedia, you know, uh, animated videos, which we still do. Um, and award winning videos are really great. Um, we had a really awesome one when COVID hit, explaining, you know, what the virus is and how it works and and how the vaccines work and things like that. And, you know, about eight or so years ago, they started this idea, we have an IVR program. I was brought into um, the director of the voice and conversational interfaces here. Well, you've been doing patient communication through NOU, NOG, through voice as we define it now more than 20 years i mean mm-hmm. you're you're an expert you're one of the best at this one of the reasons why we're so delighted to be working with you at what voice network we're going to come back to that in a moment but we've got to go to the vocal performance side here <laughs> yeah. you know and and you know freddie on stage tell us about that because that's a wonderful part of your history and, and what you do who you are yeah, it's, you know, I sang in um, an acapella group in high school as well. So I was in the choir and I took, you know, private voice lessons like lots of kids did, but uh, sang in an acapella group for a few years. And then in college at Northwestern, helped start an acapella group there. And then after school, I graduated and I, I you know, another random little thing. I did a talk at TEDx Vienna a few years ago, and I tell this whole story about how I had to break the news to my mother 
that after five years at Northwestern, I was not going into engineering, but I was going to go on tour with an acapella group as the vocal percussionist, as the beatboxer. So I did that for a little while, and that also veered off into another direction <laughs> for another time. But I, I toured with an acapella group for a while and then opened an acapella recording studio, which at the time was pretty unique. There were only maybe one or two others in the entire country. And I've produced 130 albums for groups in 10 countries around the world for the past 25 years. And so uh, for five years early on around the 2000s, I toured full time also as the lead singer of a rock band, which is how I got my um, voting membership in the Recording Academy. Very cool. Um, we had songs on a TV show and radio play and all that kind of fun stuff. And we did a lot of touring in the early 2000s. And then uh, more recently, I've been singing for about the past eight or nine years with an acapella, a Jewish acapella group called Listen Up. It's based where I live in Skokie, Illinois. And uh, we do performing all over the pre-COVID anyway. We did performing all around the U.S. And we even did a gig a few years ago in Munich. That was really pretty cool. And now we're just starting to get back out and performing. We have a, a performance this summer around Chicago, I think, at a, a synagogue here. And uh, it should be pretty cool. It's our first in-person performance since February 2020. So we're very excited. The name of the group again, Freddie, so people can hey, look them up on YouTube. Oh, sure. I have. They're fabulous. But the name of the group again is? It's Listen Up, uh, and you can go to, it's Jewish Song is our sort of screen name or, or handle on like every platform. So if you go on youtube.com slash Jewish Song or Instagram slash Jewish Song, all of those where you can definitely on YouTube, you check out our videos are pretty cool. It's just <laughs> great, great, great stuff. Thumbs up and five stars. Um, Freddie, <laughs> let's go back to patience, talking to patience. Sure. And this is and this is voice. This is IVR. This is NLU NLG, but it's not smart speakers. Right. You're communicating to patients. Tell us about Emmy. Tell us about the the challenges of speaking to patients and how you how Emmy how Walters Kluwer how how does that work? How do you do it? You know what what are the keys to success from your perspective and from the provider's perspective? Sure. I think so. We have two, we have IVR based programs, right? So they're not initially available on smart speaker. We're, we're on the phone and these are outbound programs. So we call patients. This isn't the IVR even that most people, you know, think about when they think IVR, which is usually phone menu sort of system, right? You're track a package and you're shouting that kind of thing or agent. I want to talk to an agent or something like that. We're not doing call centers. This is outbound patient engagement programs. And we've got two main programs, our Emmy Outreach, which is a single call that we'll make to a patient, but we'll do a blast out to 1,000, 10,000 or more patients in a, in a area that you know, a hospital decides they want to do a marketing campaign and, and let patients know that it's time to get that flu shot again. And so they'll, they'll load in 10,000 calls and we'll, you know, call their patients and let them know it's time again for your flu shot. Did you have a flu shot in the past year? Yes or no. And do you remember when that flu shot was? And we also do some, some logic in there where if there, if it's, let's say uh, it's March and, you know, I say, I got my flu shot in April. Well, that's last year. That's last season. So it's going to tell you, it's going to recommend, you might want to look at getting that again every year. It's really important to get that flu shot and things like that. And so that, you know, is our Emmy outreach uh, 
product, which is a single call to each patient. And you guys were doing this for, co- for forgive me, Freddie, but you guys were doing this oh, yeah, for sure. COVID as well, for COVID and, you know, get your, get your vaccinations and some very challenging requests. Um, were you not? It was a, it was really important for us to like, as soon as we, in February, 2020, we really started working um, with one of our hospital clients about an outreach campaign regarding COVID because it was building and they really had the foresight to know like, this is, this some, you know, this is going to be a problem. And so we were a bit of like a first line trying to defense to try to help, help flatten that curve. Right. So we did hundreds of thousands of calls out to patients, letting them know what is COVID, what to look for and when to come to the hospital and when to stay at home. Right. So because you're having a lot of people who had a sniffle and suddenly show up at the ER and the EDs were they couldn't handle you. Right. And so we were sort of triaging a little bit. Right. So we were that first line of defense to say, listen, this is what you're looking for. It's okay. And if you have this, then you go, you know, and things like that. And then we moved along that sort of pandemic journey with the patients because all of these appointments were getting canceled because no one could come into the hospitals or into the doctor's offices. And so we helped communicate to all of these patients, you know, like, hey, we have to cancel your appointment that's coming up because you can't come in right now. And then we did campaigns that were like, well, telehealth is, is a big thing now. We were set up with, with, with telehealth calls. Here's how you get set up with that. And so we did campaigns with that. Then the people, the offices were opening up again. We want to let them know it's safe to come back. We have, you know, various programs at each of the hospitals we're talking about. Oh, we have this. Everybody's got their own little brand name for, for their COVID protocol, sort of like how to keep the patients safe when they come in and communicate that to the patients so they felt comfortable coming back into the, the offices. And then when the vaccinations came out, we talked about, we called patients to let them know it's time to get that, that, that vaccine, they're safe and effective, et cetera, and trying to answer the questions that they might have on those calls. And then, hey, don't forget, it's really important you get that second shot to really complete the, you know, the, to boost your immunity and then booster shots. We did uh, campaigns for those as well. And so we've really gone through the whole COVID journey with the patients trying to, to make sure that we can, you know, support them. Freddie, uh, it's fantastic. And, and we're going to be visiting you with a number of sessions here. And in our next time together, we're going to talk about what it took to make those calls, let's say, effective or successful, mm. because you've shared with me, and it's just not one voice that can make that work, but it's going to take thinking about multiple voices. Give us a preview of what that will be, because we'll come back to that in our next session. Sure. Especially on our, one thing I didn't mention was our, our other product, which is our Emmy Journeys, which is a more of a longitudinal care program where we call patients over many times, you know, not just the one time, but we're going to call you to follow up after, you know, sort of post-discharge follow-up to, to check in on you over a couple of days or over up to a few months. And what's really important on those calls is that the patients feel as comfortable as possible with the voice that they're hearing on the other side. And we realized a couple of years ago that while we love Deb, we love our voice, who we've been you know, working with for 15 plus years at Emmy, that she is a middle-aged white woman and that she, the patients may not connect with her as well as they might with another voice. And so we looked into what would it take to be able to allow those patients to connect better with the voice they're hearing on the other side. And then I got into this whole like, oh, 
did anybody notice that like all the vuis are white voices like in the u.s anyway like i mean and then uh at a talk i gave at vive a couple months ago i play this clip this supercut i created of like all of these voice interfaces there's like 20 something you know just over you know kit from knight rider and hal from from 2001 and all the way up to you know Jarvis in um, Iron Man, and even just the the trailer for Lightyear came out. Uh, Lightyear's got a voice interface that he talks to Buzz Lightyear in the new Buzz Lightyear movie, and it's also a white voice. They're all white voices, and it's fine. But there's a large percentage of at least the U.S. population that may not connect with that voice, especially when it comes to their care. It's not just like oh, I'm hearing white voices everywhere. It's it's like I'm trusting this persona, this this interface. With some pretty, you know, confidential information or crucial details about my life that maybe I don't want to share with everybody. It's a little embarrassing. It's a little uncomfortable to talk about. And, you know, maybe that voice that we've been using is not ideal for every patient. And so I started when I went down this path of like, oh, my goodness, how can we diversify the voices on our voice interfaces more so we focus i've been focusing mostly on the racial diversity in the output side the voice that we hear in those interfaces there's a whole other world dealing with issues already about the input side on the speech recognition and we can talk about that at a later day too about the issues there because that's been quite a journey for a lot of people well, as it's, well. it's quite a journey for a lot of people and especially freddie and you know you've been such a great partner with the open voice network and we together are committed to voice worthy of user trust and this topic of the inclusivity of voices both being heard and those voices that are speaking to us um we're going to come back to that and that'll be the section the uh, the subject colleagues of our next session with freddie feldman director of voice and conversational interfaces at walters kluwer health ce out of chicago freddie it's been great to have you Thanks so much for your time. And uh, colleagues, we'll be coming back with Freddie in our next session of Future of Voice podcast. This is John Stein, the Open Voice Network. Mm-hmm.